श्रीमद् भगवतम कैंटो टेन चैप्टर सिक्सटी वन सो लास्ट वीक वी हैड डन चैप्टर अबाउट हाउ कृष्णा टीज इज रुक्मिणी एंड दिस टुडे वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर सिक्सटी वन लॉर्ड बलराम स्लेज रुक्मी रुक्मी इज अ ब्रदर ऑफ रुक्मिणी एंड सो वट वी आर गोइंग टू डू इज वॉट हैपन्स आफ्टर दैट Uh, in the last chapter we had seen that uh, krishna derides himself treats himself like a very small human being though he is not a human being but he treats he shows the world that he is like a very insignificant person telling rukmini how uh, small he is and the truth is that rukmini is being teased by krishna so Rukmini says to him that he is the highest of the highest, the greatest of the greatest that he is, and there is nobody else far greater than Krishna, and everything emanates and goes back into him. So the essential part is to know the reason why <coughs> who Krishna is, and and understand the truth in whatever that he says. he always considers himself he will always tell the world that you know he is a small person insignificant and so on and so forth but a person should never fall for that <clears throat> that is what has happened with most of the rakshasas most of the demons that are there so this time we are doing chapter 61 lord balram slays rukmi rukmi is the brother of rukmini now this goes back to where Rukmini had sent a mail, you know, sent a letter through a brahmana. Yes, of course, <laughs> there was no internet at that time, so written mail <laughs> through some brahmana to Krishna, and Krishna had come and taken her away in his chariot. And Rukmi and Shushupal were very angry at what had happened. So now let us see what happens. After the teasing episode has finished, so chapter sixty-one, Sukdev Goswami said, "Each of Lord Krishna's wives gave birth to ten sons, who were not less than their father, having all his personal opulence." Now Krishna's wives are sixteen thousand one zero eight. Each of them had ten sons. All right, because each of these princesses. saw that lord achyuta never left her palace even though herself the lord's favorite these women did not understand the full truth about him the truth is that krishna's domain is very unique there is a story where narada wants to come and ascertain whether krishna is there or not there so he comes to the palace and requests that i would like to meet krishna so he goes to the the number one wife and uh, when he goes to the number one wife rukmini he sees krishna over there performing a lot of activities like a normal human being he is he is there and he is attending to rukmini and rukmini is attending to his needs and behaving like a pure householder over there narada is very perplexed 
He says, how can Krishna be like a normal human being? So he says, let me go to Satyabhama and see. And various others. So he starts visiting all the wives. And every wife has one Krishna with her. And it is seen that Krishna is behaving exactly like a normal human being in that house. So, the uniqueness is this. Krishna is expanded himself into so many Krishnas and is a part of that household, part of that place. So, they never see Krishna going out of that place. Isn't this exactly what happened in Vrindavan as well? In Vrindavan, Krishna has left with Akrura. But all the gopis see a Krishna over there with them. That means Krishna is an essence in our life which never leaves us. Please understand this. It is called the divine essence. Every human being is like a wife. Every human being, you know the body, the being that you are, is called the wife. And the Krishna is the supreme divine essence in us. That is what we say as God in us. And that God in us always remains, it never leaves you. So Krishna is always seen working like a pure householder in the house of all these wives. So that is the reason why it is mentioned over here. Because each of these princesses saw that Lord Achyuta never left her play, her play palace even though herself the Lord's favourite. These women did not understand the full truth about him. Nobody can understand the truth about Krishna. The Supreme Lord's wife were fully enchanted by his lovely lotus-like face, his long arms and large eyes, his loving glances imbued with laughter and his charming talks with them. But with all their charms, these ladies could not conquer the minds of all-powerful Lord. Now understand, Krishna's charm is always everywhere. The way in which he looks, the way in which he works in this world, but the same cannot be reciprocated by the wives because the wives are individualistic, they are human-like and they have the qualities which are described as human. So they are going to behave like one. So what happens? They could not conquer the mind of the powerful Lord. Now it is a very interesting aspect where if you really want to conquer the mind of the Lord, there is only one method and that is called love and devotion. Love is unconditional love. There, can, there has to be unconditional love. There cannot be anything which is biased in nature. And the nature will describe love which is going to be I want this and I want that. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. But this love which we talk about, the Divine Lord, has to be unconditional. Think about it from this point of view. You see, the Divine Lord inside of you loves you so much. But can you see the Lord? Can you understand His greatness? Can you understand how you are kept alive? Do you understand how your breathing happens, how your stomach functions, how your body functions? Do you know how your heart beats? Nobody is able to understand this. The Divine Love is far greater than our personal love. That is, we may say, I love myself. I may put on very beautiful clothes. But do clothes make a human being that way? No. First start loving. That is love. 
so it has to be unconditional love and the second one is called devotion devotion has to be single pointed devotion there cannot be too many things going on in your world it has to be single pointed and you have to be a perfect devotee of the divine lord <clears throat> the arched eyebrows of these 16000 queens enchantingly express their lady's secret intentions through coyly smiling sidelong glances thus their eyebrows boldly sent forth conjugal messages yet even with these arrows of cupid and with the other means as well they could not agitate the lord krishna's senses he is a detached being he is a completely detached person you cannot win over krishna you just have to love him you just have to be devoted to him so even if all the women that is 16108 wives they are trying their desperate means of trying to you know latch on to krishna but krishna's ways are unique you cannot hold him hold him to yourself it is not possible so that is what is mentioned over here thus these women obtained as their husband the master of the goddess of fortune although even great demigods like brahma do not know how to approach him with ever increasing pleasure they felt loving attraction towards him exchanged smiling glances with him eagerly anticipated associating with him in ever fresh intimacy and enjoyed in other ways although the supreme lord's queens each had hundreds of maid servants they chose to personally serve the lord by approaching him humbly offering him a seat worshiping him with excellent paraphernalia bathing and massaging his feet giving him paan to chew fanning him anointing him with fragrant sandalwood paste adorning him with flower garlands dressing his hair arranging his bed bathing him and presenting him with various gifts so how krishna has to be adorned uh, adored also is mentioned in this line among lord krishna's wife each of whom had 10 sons i previously mentioned the eight principal queens i shall now recite to you the names of those eight queens sons heads headed by pradyumna the first son of queen rukmini was pradyumna and also born of her was charudesne the sena <coughs> sudesna and powerful charudeha along with sucharu charugupta badracharu charuchandra vicharu and charu the ten none of the sons of lord hari were less than his father the ten sons of satyabhama were bhanu subhanu swarbhanu pravhanu bhanuman chandrabhanu <coughs> brahadbhanu atibhanu shribhanu and pratibhanu samba sumitra purujit satyajit sahasrajit vijaya chitraketu vasuman dravida kratu were the sons of jambavati Uh, jambavati's first son samba was responsible for whatever happens in the end so he plays a very important role these 10 headed by samba were their father's favorite the sons of nangnajit were veera chandra ashwasena chitra <coughs> chitragu vegwan varsha amma sanku vasu and kunti shruta kavi vrasha veera sahubahu bhadra shanti darsha and purnamasa were the sons of kalindi 
एंड द यंगेस्ट सन वॉज सोमांगा मद्रास सन व प्रघोषा गतरा वन श्री सिम्हा बाला प्रबाला उर्दगा महाशक्ति सहा ओजा अपराजिता मित्रविंदा सन या अपराजिता इज द नेम ऑफ अ मैन ओवर हियर अपराजिता मीन्स अनकॉन्करेबल के नॉट बी कॉन्कर्ड दैट वॉज मद्रास सन मित्रविंदा सन्स वर वर्का हर्षा अनिला गर्धा वर्धमाना उन्नदा महामसा पवना वाहिनी क्षुदी संग्रमित बृहत सेना सुरा प्रहराना अरिजीत जया एंड सुभद्रा वर द सन्स ऑफ भद्रा टुगेदर विथ वामा आयूर एंड सत्यका दीप्तिमान ताम्रतप्ता एंड अदर्स वर द सन ऑफ लॉर्ड कृष्णा एंड रोहिणी लॉर्ड कृष्णा सन प्रद्युम्ना फादर द ग्रेटली पावरफुल अनिरुद्ध इन द वूम ऑफ रुक्मावती द डॉटर ऑफ रुक्मी ओ किंग दिस टूक प्लेस वाइल दे वर लिविंग इन द सिटी ऑफ भोजकता सो नाउ वी आर गोइंग टू अंडरस्टैंड हाउ रुक्मी केम इन टू द पिक्चर माई डियर किंग द सन्स ऑफ ग्रेट द सन्स एंड ग्रैंड सन्स ऑफ लॉर्ड कृष्णाज चिल्ड्रन नंबर्ड इन टेन्स ऑफ मिलियंस सिक्सटीन थाउजेंड मदर्स गेव राइज टू द डायनेस्टी किंग परीक्षित सेट How could Rukmi give his daughter to his enemy's son? After all, Rukmi has been defeated by Lord Krishna in battle and was waiting for an opportunity to kill him. Please explain this to me, O learned one. How the two inimical parties became united through marriage? So, there is a marriage which happened. If you remember, the last thing, Anirudh, that is, Pradyumna's son, was Anirudh. who came from the womb of rukmavati right who is a daughter of rukmi so how did this rukmavati come into the picture king parikshit said ne mystic yogis can perfectly see that which has not yet happened as well as things in the past and the present beyond the senses remote or blocked by physical obstacles shri sukhdev goswami said As her swayamvara, at her swayamvara ceremony, Rukmavati herself chose Pradyumna, who was the re-embodiment of Cupid. Then, although he fought alone in a single chariot, Pradyumna defeated the assembled kings in battle and took her away. So this is going back to where it started, you know, four chapters back maybe. So during the swayamvara, this is what happened. Though Rukmi always remembered his enmity towards Lord Krishna, who had insulted him in order to please his sister, he sanctioned his daughter's marriage to his nephew. O king, O king, Bali, the Kritavarma married Rukmini's younger daughter, large-eyed Charumati. Rukmi gave his granddaughter Rochana to his daughter's son Anirudh. Despite Rukmi's relentless feud with Lord Hari, although Rukmi considered this marriage irreligious, he wanted to please his sister, bound as he was by the ropes of affection. I'm sure you know in most of uh, the people where those who are married will tell you how they are brother-in-laws. You know, <laughs> they hate the guts of that person <laughs> because how can you marry my sister? 
is the one thing that they always think about. <laughs> On the joyous occasion of that marriage of king, Queen Rukmini, Lord Balrama, Lord Krishna and several of the Lord's sons headed by Samba and Pradyumna went to the city of Bojakata. After the wedding, a group of arrogant kings headed by king of Kalinga told Rukmi, You should defeat Balram at dice. He is not expert at dice. O king, but still he is quite addicted to it. Thus advised, Rukmi challenged Balrama and began gambling match with him. In that match, Lord Balram first accepted a wager of 100 coins and then 1000 and then 10,000. Rukmi won the first round and the king of Kalinga laughed loudly at Lord Balram, showing all his teeth. Lord Balram could not tolerate this. <laughs> Imagine, you know, if you are laughing at your victory and the other person is, is like a WWF champion, you have had it. <laughs> Don't laugh at, at unequal opponents, you know. Next, Rukmi accepted a bet of 100,000 coins, which Lord Balram won. But Rukmi tried to cheat, declaring, I am the winner. Shaking with anger, like the ocean of a full moon day, handsome Lord Balram, his naturally reddish eyes, even redder in his fury, accepted a wager of 100 million gold coins. (laughs) Now, you know how, how this gambling thing happens? You keep on playing, you keep on playing, thinking that you are going to win the first one. You keep on playing the next round, thinking that in this round I will play everything, so that I will win back everything that is there. And by the way, everything is rigged, okay? You should know this. All kinds of gambling are rigged to the core. There is no no way. Now, what kind of gambling do you think? You see, it's not the gambling that you see in Las Vegas and all those places. It's the gambling in our life also. You know? It's a gambling that goes on in every place. Whether it's a tennis match, whether it's a cricket match, everything is rigged. Everything is rigged in such a way. This is the law of this universe, by the way. You can say, you know, that we are very truthful and we are playing perfectly and all that. But no, somewhere down the line, the thing has already happened. It's like the elections. It's like how people get elected. It is also rigged. (laughs) Always it is pointing towards the one who is supposed to win. Always. Remember this. So, why do you want to gamble? So, always work hard. Play hard, pray hard, work hard and go about in a very naturalistic manner. This rigging need not happen. So understand this. So even when Balram is playing, though he is a part of Krishna and he knows the whole truth, but still it is there. Lord Balram fairly won the wager also. But Rukmi again resorted to cheating and declared, I have won. Let these witnesses here say what they say. Just then a voice, voice from the sky declared, Balram has fairly won this wager. Rukmi is surely lying. Urged by the wicked kings, Rukmi ignored the divine voice. In fact, destiny itself was urging Rukmi on. And thus he ridiculed Lord Balram as follows. See, exactly what I said to you, you know. (laughs) Destiny is going to pull you along. So even when you know very well these elections are rigged, you know, the entire thing is is played out. And yet, 
the thing continues because destiny wants that to happen and it is anyway going to happen you may see you may say na i felt cheated i don't like this kind of a thing whether it is examination whether it is job whether it is money whether it is life you will think you know you are always cheated destiny always cheats you and by the way that is how the whole world works it's called the game of dice this life is a game of dice <laughs> you really don't know what will fall is it 1 or is it 6 <laughs> so this is how it works rukmi said you cowherd you you wander about the forest know nothing about dice playing with dice and sporting with arrows is only for the kings not for the likes of you so he is calling krishna you cowherd you are from that place you know you only know how to gai charani ko aata hai tumko ye sab raja ke jaise tumko game khelne ko nahi aata thus insulted by rukmi and ridiculed by the king lord balram was provoked to anger in the midst of the auspicious wedding assembly he raised his club and struck rukmi dead <laughs> balram's anger can never be fathomed balram is adishesh if you know you know the great snake on which vishnu is always sleeping you should know that you should never ever provoke the divine lord this way never why do you want to provoke why do you want to get on the wrong side the king of kalinga who had laughed at lord balram and shown his teeth tried to run away but the furious lord quickly seized him in the tenth step and knocked out all his teeth tormented by lord balram's club the other kings fled in fled in fear their arms thighs and heads broken and their bodies drenched in blood when his brother in law rukmi was slain lord krishna neither applauded nor protested o king for he feared jeopardizing his affectionate ties with either rukmini or balram now you cannot take sides in such a thing isn't it now on one side rukmini his wife is getting hurt because her her brother is dead <laughs> and on the other side you can't take balram side if you take balram side it's going to be a problem if you take rukmini rukmi side then it's going to be another problem then the descendants of dashara headed by lord balram seated anirudh and his bride on the fine chariot and set off for bhojakta from dwarka for dwarka having taken shelter of lord madhusudana they they had fulfilled all their purposes So we have come to the end of this chapter. This is chapter sixty-one. So now we are going to start another chapter, chapter sixty-two. This is now. I hope you uh, you know this Aniruddha and his wife. Hmm? Now we are going to do another chapter, which is going to tell us how in chapter sixty-two the meeting of Usa and Aniruddha. How did this happen? Now this is another king. There is another king in this picture. Okay. his name is banasura so we are going to understand how banasura comes into the picture who is lord bali over here and how this you know banas daughter is there her name is usha usha as you know is the sun you know the rising sun huh? so how does that happen so we are doing chapter 62 the meeting of usha and anirudh king parikshit said The best of the Yadus married Banasura's daughter Usha, and as a result of great fearsome battle occurred between Lord Hari and Lord Shankara. Please explain everything about this incident, O most powerful of mystics. Now, Shivji and Krishna 
are both going to fight with each other. Now, why, why, that this, why does this happen? You will come to know. Banasura is a very great devotee of Shivji. And he has been given the, you know, powerful Vardhan by Shivji. But Shivji has his plan in place. So how the plan works, we will come to know. Sukhdev Goswami said, Bana was the oldest of the hundred sons fathered by the great saintly Bali Maharaj. So Bana is the oldest, the son of Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj is the one, I am sure you remember the story of Bali. Who gave the whole earth in charity to Lord Hari when he appeared as Vamandev. Banasura, born from Bali's seamen, became a great devotee of Lord Shiva. His behavior was always respectable and he was generous, intelligent, truthful and firm in his vows. The beautiful city of Sonitapur was under his dominion. Because Lord Shiva had favored him, other demigods waited on Banasura like a menial servants. Once, when Shiva was dancing his Tandam Ritya, Bana especially satisfied the Lord by playing a musical accompaniment with his 1000 arms. Now, Shivji is known for his Ritya. He is the Lord of the dance as well. I am sure those who have gone to South India have seen certain temples when Nataraja, the form, is very much prominent, you know. I hope you remember that. And do you know that small, tiny, baby-like fellow is there below his knee, below his uh, legs, right? Those who have seen the form of Nataraj, you know, in the dancing pose, you get those, uh, you know, metal metal uh, Natrajas in the market. You must have noticed there is a very small person below his feet. So we are doing that story. <coughs> Banasura was intoxicated with his strength. One day when Lord Shiva was standing beside him, Banasura touched the Lord's lotus feet with his helmet, which shone like the sun. Oh, I think I missed out one line, so okay, sorry. The Lord and the Master, all created beings, the compassionate refugee of his devotees, gladdened Banasura by offering him the benediction of his choice. Bana chose to have him, Lord Shiva, as the guardian of the city. Banasura was intoxicated with his strength. One day when Lord Shiva was standing beside him, Banasura touched the Lord's lotus feet with his helmet, which shone like a sun and spoke to him as follows. Banasura said, O Lord Mahadev, I bow down to you, the spiritual master and the controller of the world. You are like the heavenly tree that fulfills the desires of those whose desires are unfulfilled. These 1000 arms are bestowed upon me, have become merely a heavy burden. Besides you, I find no one in the three worlds worthy to fight. Eager to fight with elephants who rule the directions, O primeval Lord, I went forth, pulverized mountains with my arms, which were itching for battles. But even those great elephants fled in fear. Imagine, they don't need crushing machinery, you know, to make the roads. You just send Banasura over there, you will crush the mountain, make it into a dust and then you can use it. <laughs> Today we spend so much on infrastructure, isn't it? Hearing this, Lord Shiva became angry and replied, Your flag will be broken, you fool, when you have done battle with one who is my equal. That fight will vanquish your conceit. 
the conceit is something which we need to understand what is the meaning of this word conceit when a person becomes successful when a person has power when he has money when he has everything going for him he gets very conceited and the conceit can come in and win very easily you know you won't even know it is there you think you are saying you know god you have given me so much you know what am i going to do i don't even know what i'm going to do with this i'm just bored i just know i'm sorry the lord is telling you don't be so conceited don't be so haughty and arrogant the money and everything that has been given to you the power the money the growth everything that is go given to you it is not because you can feel glorified or you know thinking no end of yourself but it is for the mankind the money and power has been given to you so that you can serve the mankind give it to those who don't have give it to those people who can never return it back to you the truly deserving type and the money and everything has been given for that reason not because you should become conceited god now i have a million dollars or a billion dollars now whatever what do you think i should do should i earn another 2 or 3 billion more and maybe 10 or 20 that is called conceit so that billion dollars is lying in your bank what are you doing about it aren't there billions of people lying hungry over there aren't there homeless people you think the money has been given so that you can hold it and make you know international assets no they have been given to you so that you can serve the mankind you are the distributor of wealth not holder you are not supposed to you are the distributor of power you are not supposed to hold power to yourself if you do that you are going to be very soon destroyed so banasura when he says these words to shiva shiva gets very angry and says so who do you think you are you think you have more power you think you are like this don't worry you are going to meet your match very soon that power that person is far equal more than equal to me in power and you are definitely going to meet him thus advised unintelligent banasura was delighted the fool then went home hoping to wait for which lord girisha had predicted the destruction of his prowess in a dream now we come to the second part of the story where bana's daughter usha what happens to her in a dream bana's daughter the maiden usha had an armorous encounter with the son of pradyumna though she had never before seen or heard of her lover so pradyumna he has a son remember that anirudh hmm? so anirudh is having now he is the fourth portion of the divine lord fourth portion so usha is daughter of banasura is having a dream where she is making love to this person whom she doesn't even know who he is and this person is the son of pradyumna called anirudh <clears throat> losing sight of him in her dream Usha suddenly sat up in the midst of her girlfriends crying out where are you my lover she was greatly disturbed and embarrassed yeah so imagine this girl is sleeping she is dreaming about 
Anirudh's son, you know, uh, Anirudh, Pradyumna's son. And they are making love. And just suddenly in the middle of it, she wakes up. And she says, oh, when she wakes up, she doesn't see anybody. So she says, where are you? And naturally, all her maids and servants and everybody is next to her. They all give her a stare and they say, oh, what is this? What are you doing? Oh, you are dreaming. Banasura had a minister named Kubanda. Their daughter was Chitraleka, a companion of Usha. She was filled with curiosity. So she inquired from her friend. So Usha had one friend. Now she wanted to know what is it that happened. Chitraleka was her name. Chitraleka said, Who are you searching for, O fine broad one? What is this hankering you are feeling? Until now, princess, I haven't seen any man take your hand in marriage. <coughs> Usha said, In my dream, I saw a certain man who had a dark blue complexion, lotus eyes, yellow garments and mighty arms. He was the kind who touches women's hearts. It is that lover I search for. After making me drink the honey of his lips, he has gone elsewhere and thus he has thrown me hankering fervently for him into the oceans of distress. So she has met a man of her dream in dreams only and he has left her because as you know dreams they go away. So she says, oh this man he came and he kissed me and all that and he suddenly disappeared. Oh he is like this. So she describes the man. Chitraleka said, I will remove your distress. If he is to be found anywhere in these three worlds, I will bring this future husband of yours who has stolen your heart. Please show me who he is. Saying this, Chitraleka proceeded to draw accurate picture of various demigods, Gandharvas, Siddhas, Charanas, Panagas, Daityas, Vidyadharas, Yakshas and humans. O king among humans, Chitraleka drew pictures of Rishnis include Surasena, Anakadudumbi, Balram and Krishna. When Usha saw the picture of Pradyumna, she became bashful and when she saw Anirudh's picture, she bent her head down in embarrassment. Smilingly, she exclaimed, He is the one, it's him. Chitra Lekha. The name also suggests to you something. Chitra, picture, Lekha. A person who draws pictures, you know. So you have this, uh, when, you have, when you see this uh, serial CSI and all, there is somebody who does <laughs> portraits, you know, of all those. So likewise, they had this Chitra Lekha over there in picture. She drew the picture. And this girl, Usha, was able to identify the person. Chitraleka, endowed with these mystic powers, recognizes Krishna's son Anirudh. My dear king, she then travelled by the mystic skyway to Dwarka, the city under Lord Krishna's protection. There she found Pradyumna's son Anirudh sleeping under a fine bed. With her yogic power, she took him away to Sonitpur, where she presented her girlfriend Usha with her beloved. So, Chitralekha is a very unique person. So she transports Anirudh from Dwarka to her friend's place. And Usha beheld him, the most powerful of men. Her face lit up with joy. She took the son of Pradyumna to her private quarters, which men were forbidden even to see, and there enjoyed with him. Usha worshipped Anirudh with faithful service, offering him priceless garments along with garlands, fragrances, incense, lambs, sitting places and so on. She also offered him beverages, all types of food and sweet words. As he thus re- remained hidden in the young lady's quarters, 
Anirudh did not notice the passing of the days and his senses were captivated by Usha, whose affection for him ever increased. The female guards eventually noticed unmistakable symptoms of romantic involvement in Usha, who having broken a maiden vow was being enjoyed by the Yadur hero and showing signs of conjugal happiness. The guards went to Banasura and told him, O king, we have detected in your daughter the kind of improper behavior that spoils the reputation of young girl's family. <laughs> Imagine, O Zamane Bibi Aisaita, Azbi Aisaye. We have been carefully watching over there, never leaving your post, O master, as we cannot understand how this maiden, whom no man can ever see, has been corrupted within the palace. So these are the you know the guards that are placed outside. Some there were female guards also. So they belong to Banasura, the king. And naturally they are keeping an eye on the daughter. Hmm? And they see the daughter is enjoying herself. They don't know why this is happening. So they go and complain to the king. Very agitated at her daughter's corruption, Banasura rushed at once to the maiden's quarters. There he saw the pride of Yadu's Anirudh. Banasura saw before him Cupid's own son, possessed of unrivaled beauty. So, Cupid is who? Anirudh's father, isn't it? <laughs> Pradyumna. Pradyumna is Cupid. With dark blue complexion, yellow garments, lotus eyes and formidable arms. The face was adorned with effulgent earrings and hair and also with smiling glances. As he sat opposite his auspicious lover, playing with her at dice, there hung between his arms a garland of spring jasmines that he had been smeared with kumkuma powder from the breast when he had embraced her. Banasura was astonished to see all this. Now Banasura, he is an Asura, remember this. He was the eldest son of Bali Maharaj. Seeing Banasura entered with many armed guards, Aniruddha raised his iron club and stood resolute ready to strike anyone who attacked him. He resembled death personified holding the rod of punishment. As the guards converged on him from all sides, trying to capture him, Anirudh struck them just as the leader of a pack of boars strikes back at dogs. Hit by his blows, the guards fled the palace, running for their lives with shattered heads, thighs and arms. But even as Anirudh was striking down the army of Bana, the powerful son of Bali angrily caught him with his mystic Nagapash robe. Remember, Banasura is a great devotee of the Divine Lord. Isn't it? Shivji. So he has been given enough powers. So he takes a robe. It's a form of a snake. You know the snake which is always right around the neck of, uh, you know, Shivji. So, it's called Nagpash. Pasa means you throw, uh, you know those uh, western films you have seen? Lasso. Lasso, you know, they call it. That's called a Pasha. When Usha heard of Anirudh's capture, she was overwhelmed with grief and depression. Her eyes filled with tears and she wept. So, now what happens? Now, Banasura has captured the grandson of Sri Krishna. Now, do we have sufficient time? Maybe we can do the next one. So we have come to the end of chapter 62. So we have chapter 63 which is 
Lord Krishna fights with Banasura. still have another 15 more minutes maybe we can do that chapter as well you know it's a story which is going on so lord krishna fights with banasura is chapter 63 sukhdev goswami said oh descendant of bharata the relatives of anirudh not seeing him return continued to lament as the four rainy months passed after hearing from narada the news of anirudh's deeds and his capture the vrishnis who worship lord krishna as their personal deity went to sonitpura when Lord Balrama and Lord Krishna in the lead, the chief of Satvata clan, Pradyumna, Satyaki, Gada, Samba, Sharana, Nanda, Upananda, Badra and others converged with an army of 12 divisions and laid siege of Banasura's capital, completely surrounding the city on all sides. So they come to know that Banasura has captured Anirudh. So once they come to know about this from Narada, they go with a very big army over there. Banasura became filled with anger upon seeing them destroy his city's suburban gardens, ramparts, watchtowers and gateways. Then thus he went to confront them with an army of equal size. Lord Rudra, accompanied by his son Kartike and Pramathas, came riding on Nandi, the bull carrier, to fight Balram and Krishna on Bana's behalf. Remember, Banasura has the Vardhan from Shivji. So Shivji is coming with his army to fight. Now, whom are they going to fight? Balram and Sri Krishna. <laughs> A most tumultuous, astonishing and hair-raising battle then commenced with Lord Krishna matched against Lord Shankara and Pradyumna against Kartike. Lord Balram fought with Kumbhanda and Kupakarna, Samba with Bana's sons and Satyaki with Bana. Brahma and other ruling demigods along with Siddha, Charanas and the great sages as well as Gandharvas, Apsaras and Yakshas all came in their celestial airplanes to watch. Imagine, everybody loves to watch a fight, huh? Like it's a cricket match. Why are all With sharp pointed arrows discharged from his bows, Sangha, Lord Krishna drove away the various followers of Lord Shiva. Who are the followers of Shiva? That is Bhut, Preet and all, you know. So, Bhutas, Pramathas, Guhyakas, Dakinis, Yatudanas, Vetal, Vinayakas, Pretas, Matas, Pishachas, Kusumadas and Brahmarakshasas. These are all the great associates of Shivji, Lord Shiva, welder of the trident, shot various weapons at Lord Krishna, welder of Saranga. But Lord Krishna was not in the least perplexed. He neutralized all these weapons with appropriate counter-weapons. So Shivji and Krishna are having a fight. Lord Krishna counteracted a Brahmastra with another Brahmastra, a wind weapon with a mountain weapon, a fire weapon with a rain weapon. And Lord Shiva's personal Pashupata Astra, weapon with his own personal weapon, the Narayana Astra. So both of them are throwing at each other different different kinds of weapons. So imagine if two great powers are fighting, what will happen? Hmm? So all their ICBM, this weapon, nuclear weapon, all they are going to come out, no? So likewise this is going to happen. So imagine that is happening. After bewildering Lord Shiva by making him yawn with a yawning weapon, Lord Krishna proceeded to strike down Banasura's army with his sword, club and arrows. So there is a yawning weapon also. Imagine. 
when you throw the weapon at that person the person starts yawning oh is feeling sleepy hmm? lord kartikeya was distressed by the flood of pradyumna's arrows raining down on all sides thus he fled the battlefield on his peacock as blood poured from his limbs so even the great lords you know generalismo is defeated in the battle so he runs away from there kumbanda and kupakarna tormented by lord balram's clubs fell down dead when the soldiers of the two demons saw their leaders been killed they scattered in all directions Banasura was furious to see his entire military force being torn apart. Leaving his fight with Satyaki, he charged across the battlefield on his chariot and attacked Lord Krishna. Excited to the frenzy of the fighting, Bana simultaneously pulled taut all the strings of his 500 bows and fixed two arrows on each strings. Lord Sri Hari split every one of Banasura's bows simultaneously and struck down his chariot driver, chariot and horses. The Lord then surrounded his chon concert. Just then, Banasura's mother, Kotara, desiring to save her son's life, appeared before Lord Krishna, naked with her hair undone. Lord Gadagraja turned his face away to avoid seeing the naked woman, and Banasura, deprived of his chariot, his bow shattered, took the opportunity to fled in the city. <laughs> so the mother comes to distract over here. Okay, a naked lady coming over there is a great, great distraction. And Krishna doesn't want to see her, so he turns his eyes in another direction. And meanwhile, Banasura runs away. After Lord Shiva's followers had been driven away, the Shiva Jwara, who had three heads and three feet, pressed forward to attack Lord Krishna. As Shiva Jwara approached, he seemed to burn everything in ten directions. Okay, heat. that is it's like a you know when uh, when a wave of something comes that is what hmm? seeing his personified weapon approach lord narayana then released his own personified weapon the vishnu jwara the shiva jwara and vishnu jwara thus battled each other the shiva jwara overwhelmed by the strength of vishnu jwara carried out in pain but finding no refuge the frightened shiva jwara approached lord krishna the master of senses hoping to attend his shelter Thus with joint palms, he began to praise the Lord. The Shiva Jwara said, I bow down to you of unlimited potencies. The Supreme Lord, the super soul of beings, you possess pure and complete consciousness and the cause of cosmic creation, maintenance and dissolution. Perfectly peaceful, you are absolute truth to whom the Vedas indirectly refer. Now always remember this. When the Lord is angered, when there is something wrong which you have done, the only way of getting towards him is to bow down in supplication, is to praise him, to say all good words. You cannot fight, you cannot argue. Argument is never going to help. Please understand this. You see, in our world what we do, you know, if the Lord, now suppose we are, we are trying for a particular position or a job or money or power or whatever it is, you know, many a times we do not get it. At that point in time, don't go with this, you know, you didn't give me, you are like this, you are like that, please don't do that. (laughs) The only way of meeting the Lord is through love and devotion. It's called prayer. You understand? It's called prayer. You have to go and supplicate yourself. You are supposed to go and bow down and say, please God, please help me. That's, That's the only way out of this situation. Don't get angry. 
don't show your arrogance don't show your anger in such a way anger doesn't help so that is the reason why shivji is shivajwar the potency of the lord shivji he understands that he can never overcome krishna because krishna's jwar is also there no they are both fighting so shivajwar comes to krishna and bows down to him and says i'm very sorry kindly forgive me for doing this kind of a thing and he starts praising time so what does he praise he has said this entire prayer now this prayer continues time fate karma jiva and his propensities the subtle material elements the material body the life air false ego various senses and totality of all these are reflected in the human being subtle body all these that we said just now that is time fate karma jiva everything you know whatever we said everything resides in the subtle body of a human being and all this constitutes your material illusory energy called maya everything that we describe what is it that we describe time fate karma jiva propensities subtle material elements there are elements over there the material body the life air the false ego the senses and the totality of all beings subtle they are everything is in the subtle body and all these are propensities of the divine lord in the form of maya illusory power everything is just an illusion don't get carried away by it thinking you know that all this is not an illusion time is a greatest illusion you don't even know what hit you like that all these constitutes your material energy maya an endless cycle like that of seed and plant i take shelter of you the negation of this maya so the only way of overcoming this maya of this body is by taking shelter at the feet of the lord who he is the master of maya so the only way is bowing down to him and becoming a you know completely dissolved in him with various intentions you perform past times to maintain the demigods the saintly persons and the codes of religion for the world by these past times you also kill those who stray from the right path and live by violence indeed your present incarnation is meant to relieve the earth's burden so the shivjwar is saying this to the divine lord saying that i understand all these things i actually understand all these things and i should not be getting angry or saying things to you or doing things which are wrong i am tortured by the fierce power of your terrible fever weapon which is cold yet burning all embodied souls must suffer as long as they remain bound to material ambitions and thus averse to serving your feet uh, every human being is bound to this what is this the thing which we are supposed to be all our subtle body carries all those things just now we described 28 different things whether it is a life breath also that is also a part of maya's domain don't think it is the lord's domain the lord is the super boss of all these domains okay through maya he works through in that domain so what does the lord do the lord puts you out there in the world saying that go enjoy 
and the arrogance keeps on rising and rising and rising the person becomes arrogant and doesn't understand the truth so the only way in which you can overcome this material ambition every human being has been given material ambition those who are born of this flesh they all have subtle bodies they have all been given ambition and ambition is something which can take you far away into this world without your own knowledge far away from the divine lord so the only way in which you can come back to the lord is by supplication is by becoming a servant by serving the lord at his feet and that is the only way in which you can get back the lord in your life so shivji's shivjwar is describing this the supreme lord said o three headed one i am pleased with you may your fear of my fever weapon be dispelled and may whomsoever remember our conversation have no reason to fear you i told you it's like a fever it's like a wave it comes you know we get fever now you will wonder what is this fever all about let me explain to you these are the web, the the uh, bacteria and all these which have entered our body right and in our body we have those fighting weapons which are connected to the divine like white blood corpuscles and i don't know various other kinds of fighting weapons they fight this and they subdue them right and while the fight is going on doesn't it reflect back into you in the form of a fever you get fever isn't it you get fever so that is what it is all about so at that point in time remember the divine lord is all powerful all this is is maya don't get carried away by the maya so the lord is saying whosoever remembers this thing at the right moment then they don't have to fear me thus addressed the maheshwar jwara bowed down to the infallible lord and went away but banasura then appeared riding forth in his chariot to fight lord krishna carrying numerous weapons in thousand arms poking the terrible infuriated demon shot many arrows at lord krishna the carrier of the disc weapon lord shiva as bhana continued hurling weapons to him the supreme lord began using his razor sharp chakra to cut off banasura's arm as if they were tree branches lord shiva felt compassion for his devotee banasura whose arms were being cut off and thus he approached lord chakrit that is krishna and spoke to him as follows shri rudra said you alone are the absolute truth the supreme light the hidden mystery within the verbal manifestation of the absolute those whose hearts are spotless can see you and you are uncontaminated by the sky only when you have spotless love that is when your heart is pure you will be able to even see the lord for yourself but that is the purity that we all have to get in ourselves you know yeah i think we'll finish it okay the sky is your navel fire your face water your semen and heaven your head the cardinal direction are your senses of hearing herbal plants the hair of your body and water bearing clouds the hair of your head the earth is your foot the moon your mind the sun your vision while i am your ego 
The ocean is your abdomen, Indra your arm, Lord Brahma your intelligence, the progenitor of mankind your genitals and the religion your heart. You are indeed the original Purusha, creator of the world. Your current descent into the material realm, O Lord of unrestricted power, is meant for upholding the principles of justice and benefiting the entire universe. We demigods, each dependent on your grace and authority, develop the seven planetary systems. You are the original person, one without a second, transcendental and self-manifesting. Uncaused, you are the cause of all. You are the ultimate controller. You are nonetheless perceived in terms of transformation of matter, affected by your illusory energy. Transformations, you sanction so that the various material qualities can fully manifest. So, Shivji is describing the Lord. He is talking about all the powers, all the propensities which the Lord has. So he describes it in detail. O Almighty One, just as the sun, though hidden by a cloud, illuminates the cloud and all other visible forms as well, as you through your hidden by the material qualities, remain self-luminous and thus reveal all those qualities along with the living entities who possess them. Their intelligence bewilders your, bewildered by your maya, fully attached to children, wife, home and so on. Persons get immersed in the ocean of material misery, sometimes rise to the surface and sometimes sink down. The Lord's potency called Maya engulfs every human being. A person gets lost in the material world thinking that this is my wife, this is my mother, this is my father, these are my children, this is my house, this is my job. These are material problems in this world. They don't understand that this is what finally leads them to their doom. And so he says, a person gets immersed in the ocean of material misery. All this is misery by the way. You may say, why are you saying that the wife or the husband or the mother or the father are misery? I am sure you will understand when you go through the entire process. The process itself is going to be very troublesome. You see, it is very easy when the mother is loving the child, it is a very, very easy thing. You don't get carried away by it. But the moment there is some sort of a discomfort comes into the picture, you will understand the truth. So all this is temporary relationships. The only relationship which is the true one is only with the Divine Lord. And this is what Shivaji, Shivji is definitely saying. So always remember this. So the human being can fall down in this kind of a problem. One who has attained this human form of life as a gift from God, yet who fails to control his senses and honor your feet, is surely to be pitied, for he is only cheating himself. The reason why you are there on this earth is so that you can praise the Lord and you can do his bidding. Whatever that he is meant for you, you are supposed to do. The mortals who reject you, his true self, dear most friend and Lord, for the sake of sense objects, whose nature is opposite, refuses nectar and instead consumes poison. There are many people who reject the Divine Lord. And those who dis- reject the Divine Lord, what do, they, what do they get in this material world? The material poison. The poison of wife, husband, children, father, mother, brother, sister, jobs, this, that. They get carried away by these poisons. I, Lord Brahma, the other demigod and the pure-minded sages have all surrendered wholeheartedly unto you, your dear most self and Lord. Let us worship you, O Supreme Lord, to be free from the material life. You are the maintainer of the universe and the cause of its creation. 
and demise equipoise and perfectly at peace you are true friend self and worshipable lord you are the one without a second the shelter of all the worlds and all souls so the divine lord sri krishna is not carried away by any of the material propensities he is devoid of it so he is detached completely this bhasmasura is a friend banasura is a friend and faithful follower and i have awarded him freedom from fear therefore my lord please grant him your mercy just as you showed mercy to prallad the lord of the demons the supreme lord said my dear lord for your pleasure we must certainly do what you have requested of us i fully agree with your conclusion i will not kill this demonic son of virochana and give prallad maharaj the benediction that i would not kill any of his descendants it was to subdue banasura's false pride that i severed his arms and i slew his mighty army because it had become a burden upon the earth this demon who still has four arms will be immune to old age and death and will serve as one of your principal attendants thus he will have nothing to fear on my account thus attaining fear freedom from fear banasura offered obeisance to lord krishna by touching his head to the ground bana then seated anirudh and his bride in their chariot and brought them to the lord at the front of the party lord krishna then praised anirudh and his bride both beautifully adorned with fine clothes and ornaments and surrounded them with full military divisions the lord krishna took his leave of lord shiva and departed the lord then entered his capital the city was lavishly decorated with flags and victory arches and its avenues and crossways and they were sprinkled with water as conch shells anaka dudumbis drums resounded the lord's relatives the brahmanas and the general populace all came forward to greet him respectfully whosoever rises in the morning and remembers lord krishna's victory in the battle with lord shiva will never experience defeat so first time you have seen that shiva is defeated by lord krishna in a battle on this is what happens in our material world as well krishna which is the supreme divine consciousness is able to overcome the supreme the other lord which is the demigod called shivji who says in the sahasraha so there are people who can continue to keep on living and praising the lord continuously in their life so this is the end of the story lord krishna fights with banasura we have come to the end of it tomorrow we shall do the deliverance of king nraga so we can stop over here